We are Gold Ivy. Our mission is to empower you to own and unleash your truth. Stories of resiliency are gold and ivy grows in hard places. Those hard places are what creates space for light to shine through. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. It's here. Our Move with Gold Ivy virtual workout platform is ready for you. It's beautiful, it's easy to navigate, and it's absolutely packed with all kinds of workouts that will help you strengthen, trim, pump up, tone, energize, de-stress, all the things we want our body to feel. It's within Move. Our dream has been to create accessible, affordable, and efficient workouts that you can do anytime and anywhere. But not only that, we have a weekly plan that you can follow so you don't have to think about it. Everyone has been asking for a way to plan out their week and maximize their results, and we have the answer. Move with Gold Ivy. You can pick any workout you want at any time, but if you do want a plan that alternates muscle groups and leaves your body feeling energized and strong, we have the resources for you. Speaking of resources, Move will also have a ton of them. We'll be adding all kinds of resources, exclusive for Move members, for your mental and physical health. We want you to get the most value out of our workout platform, and we will continually add kick-ass workouts, gut health information, physical challenges, and mental health resources that will leave you feeling ready to tackle life with energy and vitality like never before. On top of the resources and virtual workouts, we will also be hosting live workouts. So you're probably wondering about cost, and we're excited to share that for a limited time, only this month in January, 2023, Move is free for a week and then only $10 a month. And you can lock in this $10 a month founder rate right now to hold forever. We know the value of our workouts and resources are worth more, but wanted to honor and celebrate our biggest supporters in these first few months of launching Move. So head on over to goldivyhealthco.com slash move or find the link within the show notes of this episode and sign up today. This free week and monthly price, cheaper than any monthly membership you'll find, is going to end soon. So snag your spot and reap the benefits that you deserve to feel this year. It's your time. Move for your health, move for your confidence, move for your mental clarity, move with Gold Ivy. Welcome back to Ivy Unleashed. Thank you for being here for part two with Josh Perry. If you missed part one, no worries. You can totally jump in here. But feel free to go back to episode 109 for more of Josh's story. In this episode, you'll hear about Josh's perspective on programming your life. He believes we have the choice to change the stories we're telling ourselves. Not that we can control everything in life, but that we can choose to respond to what life throws at us and resolve stressors in a much more efficient way. Thank you, Josh, for your empowering words. You have inspired us to never stop learning and to own the reality of our life even more. And now to this episode of Ivy Unleashed. I love that you just keep unlocking the next thing. There's so many beautiful things you just said. Yeah, that's like my life, unlocking the next thing. It really is. Well, and what I keep hearing you say too is this idea of choices 
right? Of what you focus on expands and you are the creator. Things are happening for you and not to you. And it's that perspective shift of, all right, I can either sit here and be pissed, but how does that feel? Or I can empower myself and say, all these other people are doing something. There's something that I'm missing, that curiosity with yourself of, all right, if someone else has done it, why the hell can't I? What, it, what am I missing? Like you said, what do I need to unlock that's going to level me up? And tapping into that feeling is something I keep hearing you say. And so I'm curious how you use that feeling to then change your behavior because it's all interconnected. It goes back to the terror you know, method earlier. You know, when we are feeling something, typically in this case, we're going to start with what we don't enjoy feeling because if something's good, why, you know, why break it? So if you're feeling some sort of negative way or, you know, I don't know, bad way, however you want to label it, just something that's not ideal, then you can, you know, trace it back to your thoughts. What are you thinking? What's the story you're telling yourself? Like, what's the story you're living by? And then you'll be able to see how it's making you feel. And then you can go the next step further, which is equally as important of how you're behaving in the world, how that emotion is influencing your body to move or to not move. Cause it's, you know, we can be inspired to move. That's what emotions do. They drive action, but they also paralyze us in some ways. It just depends on the coping mechanisms we developed at a young age. You know, we can start with the emotion, which is typical where we start, then we can go to the thought and then we can see how it's, you know, manifesting the emotion. Then we can see how we're influencing our behavior and then, you know, how that's shaping our reality internally and externally. And that's something I believe our external reality is just mirroring back to us what we believe about ourselves and about the outside world. And then we can also see how the story we're living by, what we believe, our thoughts, similar to a story, is, you know, playing that out and manifesting, which is, you know, something I mentioned or I meant to mention earlier, a belief of mine, one of my three main talking points when I'm on stage is our reality is a manifestation of our choices. So we can choose the story we live by. We can choose to change that story. We can also choose all these different other aspects of being a human being and how they impact us internally and externally. I love this idea of this new perspective, right? Like with your choices. And I think what's powerful is like what you've been through as an example inspires people. And then you explaining that you have this power, right? But how do you, like, as a coach or as a speaker, help people take that for themselves? Like, there's that, there's that point, right? Like, you had it. You were like, why me? Why me? And then it was, I'm doing something about this. It's like you hit your rock bottom. But how do you inspire people who they haven't gone through something as serious as you? You know, when you don't feel good, when you're at that point, you're like, all right, something has to change if I want to feel different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, how do you inspire people who haven't necessarily hit the rock bottom yet. I think it's through the power of storytelling. That's another thing too. Like we tell ourselves these stories of like, oh, well, I haven't gone through that. My shit's not as bad. And I don't know how to relate to what you've gone through. Similarly, you don't know how to relate to what I've gone through. And that's something I've learned about traumatic experiences and just experiences in general. Like there's no comparing one to the other because we're all different human beings. We all have a different biocycle, social makeup of who we are. So to, to label uh, or to judge one experience of a human to the other doesn't make sense. I did that with Lance Armstrong and it inspired me, but it could have easily, you know, deterred me from believing in myself. And I chose the inspiration. And there's other times where I've, you know, chosen the victim aspect of like seeing this person winning and then being like, ah, oh, like I'm, you know, comparing it to where I am. And I'm like in a moment of suffering or survival mode. And I'm like, oh man, this sucks. Like, you know, so it's just about, relating 
that we're all human and that one situation isn't better or worse than the other because equally to that person, it's just as you know severe. And that's like the people will talk about, oh, like, yeah, it's easy to say you got all this money. Like it's like people that even are wealthy, like have problems, like their problems equally weigh on them physically, emotionally, and spiritually and mentally. It, there's no comparison to another human being that's not you. So I think that's the first thing is letting people understand like and allowing them permission to understand like you don't have to keep judging yourself and comparing and contrasting with me. I'm here to inspire you of what's possible if you don't take into consideration your health internally and externally. That's how I use my stories to inspire people what's possible, but also inspire them uh, what's possible, bad and good, but also lead them into being inspired to be proactive before it gets to a point of maybe you you know, have to take radical change or maybe it's too late or whatever it may be. And that's the first part is just like, there's no comparison your stuff is equally weighing on you as my stuff weighs on me. And then I think after that, it goes to inspiring, you know, let's be proactive rather than reactive. Cause sometimes being reactive is too late. I've been fortunate enough to be where I am today, you know, performing to my best of my abilities at, at this level, because I had something that I was fortunate enough to react to and overcome and then be proactive to where I talked about that graph earlier, the top coordinates, the first diagnosis down to the sixth or seventh diagnosis, whatever I'm at now. It's just the severity has gone down, but the bottom point of ignorance is to conscious empowerment. It's gone up. So there's a direct correlation there. Obviously, correlation is in causation, but that's the other piece. It's like, you know, stop telling yourself. You can you can choose to stop telling yourself these stories and making up stories about why you're not able to succeed and your, you know, um, cognitive bias tell you these stories to rationalize, justify where you are and why it's not possible when that's just resistance to change. And when you can become aware of that, then you can actually have a chance and a higher probability of creating the change you want and how that looks, you know, like 30 foot POV of how I work with my clients is in four different layers. It's the layer of auditing, you know, understanding the autobiography of that person to that point. And then the mindset layer of getting to understand their story, their code, like who they are, their programming and how they view the world, how they view themselves, their self-talk, the stories they make up and all the things that have impacted their internal psychology, who makes them up, all the different elements of their personality and how that's shaping their personal reality, which moves into the third layer of the foundation, which is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And just getting these different coordinates to then in the foundation piece, we can start laying down the foundation with physical, whether it be nutrition, exercise, sleep, so on and so forth, and the mental, emotional, and spiritual, just getting deeper and deeper into the program of who we are and then start shifting it towards a specific desirable ideal outcome for our lives that we're not yet experiencing, whether it be to change our experience, to create something, to bring something to the world, to do whatever it is internally, externally, or maybe both. That allows us to lay down that foundation, then to go to the next level, which is the optimized level, which is never going to be a destination. It's just going to be this continuation of being more and more conscious of all these different tools that we can harness and you know put in our tool belt, so to speak, to become the best version of ourselves. And that's not to say I get a lot of lashback when I start talking about you know empowerment and this and that and of like these radical extreme ideas of these situations, the hypotheticals. And I'm like, it's not to say being at cause rather than being at effect for reality means nothing bad's ever going to happen. That's that's a delusional thought that's not attached to reality. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is by doing all these things from my personal experience, as well as my professional experience with clients and friends and family that have adopted these things, 
it's not to say these things in life won't happen. They very much will happen. There's always going to be some sort of adversity that's going to come in our lives. What this work does is allows us to process it and get back to neutral to examine what's going on emotionally and get back to neutral and make the most congruent decision moving forward that's going to be most aligned with our desired outcome and handle that stress. That's the most important part. It's not going to avoid shit from happening. It's going to put us in a place of empowered state of being to handle the stress, internalize it, resolve it, and move forward in a way that's going to lessen the time that we are experiencing the negative aspects of it and also the you know, potential for declined health and injuries and so on and so forth, rather than going through that storm for a year or so and not knowing why. It's going to equip you to understand how you're responding to situations or reacting to situations and put you in the driver's seat of how you want to move forward. Here's what's happening. We can't avoid that. Like life happens. Like this isn't to say that you can control life. This is to say that you can, to a degree, control how you respond, and then that's going to shorten or increase the time and the probability of you overcoming whatever it is you're faced with. The driver's seat. That's what I was going to say is what I'm hearing you say. So I love that you mentioned that because as you're speaking, I'm thinking, okay, offense versus defense. And that's something, it's a theme that Andrew and I keep coming up with and, and talking about too, is just carving out this time to do the reflective work, to audit your life, your beliefs, your stories. It gives you this sense of control over your day, your life. And then you talk about, you know, manifesting in your reality is how powerful, but how true it is that it starts with the mind. There's a reason that when you're working with your clients, you start with the stories, you start with the mind. So I love that you brought that in because that's something that anyone can relate to. Whether you want to change the way you eat, whether you have a life-threatening diagnosis, like you got to look inward first at the story that you're telling yourself. Yeah. And I think too, you have firsthand experience. You even mentioned a little something earlier about being addicted to stress or something like that. You weave that in and I'm like, ooh, I wonder what stories he used to tell himself. And so I feel like you have so much credibility with what you've been through and like your previous experience with this to get to where you're at. So what was that like before? Like how did you handle stress before compared to where you're at now and like that duration of time you suffered or allowed yourself to suffer in it? It was just a lot of autopilot and just not knowing what was going on and not knowing why when things were calm, I felt uneasy and I was self-sabotaging myself by, you know, if I had downtime, I was like, I'm not doing enough. I need to be doing something more. And then especially leaving BMX to, you know, create an online business, essentially. I was like, man, like I'm not doing anything with my body. I, I identify with doing physically so much for, you know, starting at a young age of sports and getting into landscaping and then becoming a professional athlete, identify with the doing and I wasn't being. And anytime I was being, I felt stressed out, ironically, because I wasn't doing. So I was creating all these self-sabotaging feedback loops to tell myself or to affirm to myself the story of like, I need to be doing to be successful. And that was just holding me back. And that's honestly the one of the reasons, one of the, the few important reasons why I decided to step away from my bike altogether, which like I said, January 2023 would be three years that I've touched my bike was because I identified every time I get into this position of stress or you know adversity with the business, I go back on my bike and I just you know avoid this. It's like a coping mechanism. And so I was like, let's take this away and let's let's sit with my shit. Like let's let's see what comes up and let's be able to handle it, not avoid it, which the more we avoid stuff, it just keeps me becoming present again. So it was it was a, um, a lot of that. And something earlier that I wanted to say that speaks to this as well. I forget the exact quote. We don't choose our destiny. We choose our habits. Our habits choose our destiny or create our destiny, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought that was so beautiful because I was like, man, like, yeah, like so many people think that like we have to like, you know, we're destined for this and, you know, we just sit back and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And it's like, no, like, and I, I think I got this from James Clear and Atomic Habits. It's like the more we become conscious of who we are and the programs and the stories that we're running and telling ourselves, the more we can audit and shift those. And then by acting on those, the habits we're choosing to form and to live by, that's creating evidence of who we believe we are. And that's going to bounce back and forth to the external reality. And as we internally shift who we are, our external reality is going to shift who we are. What, what is that saying? When you change the way you look at the world, the world changes, something like that. I just love that quote. We don't choose our destiny. We choose our habits. Our habits creates our destiny or something like that. And I was just like, man, like if I were to sum up my life, like that's what I've been learning the last 13 years. Dale, you opened your gym. Can you tell our listeners what it's called, where it's at and how it's going? Yes, it's called Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping, Maple Grove, Minnesota. We're officially open for business. The energy has been amazing. People are excited to be back on the mat, kind of like uh, pre-COVID times. Awesome. I can't wait to check it out, but I've never done kickboxing before. What can I expect? Yeah, we offer intro classes, start with the basics, 100% beginner friendly. And my theory is start where you are, no matter what your experience level. Awesome. So if I don't have any gloves or experience, I can fit in there? Absolutely. We have gloves, everything you need. Just show up with your bad self and a good attitude. We offer strength training classes, kickboxing, yoga, advanced kickboxing classes when you're ready to up your game. Also, you're not in the area. We have members all over the globe benefiting from virtual classes. Whether you are using body weight, you have an entire collection of equipment, there's a workout for everybody. And we regularly offer our flagship 10-week transformation challenge, five to six days a week of classes, nutrition counseling, private Facebook group that provides you 24-7 accountability and support. We got you covered. That sounds awesome. We'll link Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping in our show notes so our listeners can easily find you. And I'm just curious, Dale, what are you hoping they experience by joining your gym? I'm hoping people can learn that there's an athlete in everyone and you're capable of turning your health and life around no matter where you are. I'm leading by example. If I can beat stage four cancer in under a year, I can help you prove that you're physically and mentally capable of so much more than you think. Love that. And last question, can you give our listeners a deal? Heck yeah. Mention Ivy Unleashed or Gold Ivy Health Co. When you come in or you contact us and we're going to get you set up with a free preview week. See you on the mat. So I'm curious what story you're telling yourself now. You know, it was that you couldn't handle the stress and that you didn't want to avoid it. And so now that you're forcing yourself to sit with it, like what do those stories look like now? Yeah, I think the simplest way I can summarize it is two words and I will, whatever it is. Like that's the the story I try to live by is like, I will accomplish this. I will create this. I will overcome this. And you know, it used to be, you know, like I said, it started with the what if I wake up from surgery the first time to what will I do when I wake up? So I think that's the best way. I mean, there's so many different avenues we can go down with different aspects of life. But I think at the end of the day, if we can change the story to I will, or even start with what would it take? What would it take to do X, Y, or Z? That creates such a different narrative that creates us a different such a profound, different emotional experience that inspires such different action. The story I'm telling myself is I will, 
I will find a way. Yeah. Is it tattooed on your arm yet? <laughs> Maybe that, that'll have to be the next one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I did with BMX. And I apply that same mentality to what I'm doing today with my business and, you know, my someday goal of creating a nonprofit and all these different other things. And what I learned from BMX was I didn't have the stories of limitation. I was, you know, thankfully a young age and didn't have much life experience that I was just determined to make it happen. And I just kept asking myself, you know, what do I need to do? What can I do? What what would it take to make this happen? And now I just, that's kind of what I've gone all in, not kind of, that's literally what I've gone all in on is, you know, I will find a way I will make this happen. I will overcome this. And the question I ask is, you know, even when I get frustrated, I'm like, fuck this, this isn't working, whatever. It's like, okay, what would it take? Like, what do I need to do differently? What I need to undo, what I need to learn. And so I think that, you know, summarizing those two words, I will, you know, fill in the blank. There you go. Yeah. That's funny. Cause you know, we always say you want a better life, ask yourself better questions. Cause just to nerd out about the brain again, our brain's job is to answer the questions that we ask it, right? So if you're asking shitty questions, you're going to get shitty answers. Like, <laughs> Why am I so broke? Well, here, 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 or what will it take? And then the creative juices start flowing. Cause that's the job's brain, mm-hmm. the brain's job. Yeah. There is no such thing as a stupid question, but there is a shitty quality of questions. So if you ah. start with asking shitty questions, then you can work on flexing that question muscle to get to better quality questions that'll yield better answers. I love that. Yeah. And with the, I will for me and my healing journey, it was, I can, I will, I am. So it was giving mm-hmm. myself the evidence. So I love that you mentioned that too. Clearly you have done a lot of work and you are helping people all over the world. I'm curious where people can find you. Cause I'm sure people listening right now are like, all right, give me some more. So where can our listeners find you, Josh? Yeah. And I appreciate first, I appreciate those words and I appreciate the time we've had to share today. And I know we connected through a mutual friend, Alan Stein, who um, really been a, a model of success for me in various different ways. So I appreciate him as well for indirectly connecting us. But yeah, I think the best way people can find me and connect with me is, you know, my website, joshperrybmx.com that you can find my YouTube channel, my podcast, you know, and then after that, LinkedIn and Instagram, I'm all over the socials, but it's just all at joshperrybmx. But the website's just like a one-stop shop. If you want to connect, send me a message there or I'm most active these days on LinkedIn. So I'd say, say those are the places. I usually never say this, but I feel like the number one place to go to start to follow you is your website. Usually I'm like, oh, just go to Instagram and it links from there. But your website, like your video, when you land on your page is the most inspiring thing I've ever seen. I was like crying and I was messaging Brooke. I'm like, we have to talk to this guy, your story. And like, obviously you just went through it and your words are so beautiful. I'm just beyond grateful that you're a part of our platform because what you're saying is unbelievably inspiring and it's choking me off because I'm thinking of this video where you see your fall and you hear your your words moving from there to where you are now in such a visual way your your video is so powerful and I think sometimes we need that we need to see tragedy we need to hear about tragedy you have been through so much and the way that you have taken these doors and kicked them down and then found the next piece of information that gets you to the next place. Like it's beautiful and you're sharing it. I think that is crucial. A crucial piece to this puzzle is that you are allowing us in to see how dark it's been, how you're finding the light. And so I'm just so grateful for what you're creating because it is like, we're going to have to keep checking in with you too, because you just keep 
finding the next thing and learning more and more. And so thank you for sharing what you've shared. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. I appreciate that. And I have to give credit to my friend, Brian Gilmet for the videos and the website. Um, he's, he's, uh, done a fantastic job with that. And he's just a good friend of mine and knows a lot about me and what he probably knows more about me than, um, anyone besides my fiance, uh, to be honest. And so knowing just a lot of the depths of my work and my, my mindset and my story and just what I'm trying to bring to the world, he's been able to help me create all the content you see on my website and most of the professionally done content that wasn't from another person or company that contributed to, um, to me. Um, it's all been, you know, for Brian, uh, from Brian. And so definitely got to thank him. Shout out, Brian. Nice work. It's amazing. But yeah, no, I, that, that means the world to me because I never fathomed nor desired to be in this position I am today of, you know, having a public voice and ironically not feeling I had a voice most of my childhood for various different reasons we didn't really talk about today. It, it's interesting to see where I am that people start with BMX wanted to know about me and my life and my mindset and then to be where I am today consciously and intentionally acting on that and being on stages and on podcasts podcasts and creating videos and, you know, writing a book or well, three books, um, you know, like things like that. Like I never wanted to be here nor fathomed being here, but I'm very thankful to be here. And I don't take that um, lightly. And, you know, having both of you share the kind words of love and support you have, it means a lot to me. So yeah. So thank you for that. And also thank you to, to Brian for helping me in the video form, share my, uh, my thoughts. And going back to Alan Stein Jr. Shout out Alan. <laughs> he talks about the unseen hours, which is proof of all of the work you've put in, right? You are this light, you are shining, you're helping people, but you are doing the work it takes to be able to help people at the level that you are. So I know a lot of people don't see the work that goes into it and you're sharing a little glimpse of it. And so we appreciate that work that you're doing to inspire and to help. And you referenced your book. So people need to follow you so that they can be updated on when this book comes out. So share with us a little about the books that are coming, what we can expect from you moving forward. Yeah. So when I first came to my friend and editor with a hundred plus thousand words, he was like, dude, you wrote enough for like two and a half books. So we're going to break this up. So the tentative idea um, with it, the first two is taking my tattoo that says fierce is a thought. That'll be the first one. And it's going to be straightforward storytelling, just what I've been through up to going to awake brain surgery. The, the kind of end with, you know, going into the wake brain surgery. The second book will be thoughts can be changed. The second half of my tattoo and it'll be partial storytelling, but also all the learnings and integration that I took from the last, at that point, 11 years going into the awake brain surgery and how all that allowed me to feel excited, confident, even though the fears and the worries and the stresses were there, but how it allowed me to move through that process in a way and also what I came out with. And then the third book, we haven't defined what that'll look like. We're just focused on more importantly, the first one and then the second one, because those are already been written. We just broke them apart. First one, fears is a thought, the story, thoughts can be changed. The second one, storytelling and information application integration that other people can learn from and just kind of see how it played out in my life. And I think the third book will be my first of maybe a couple to come, but more of like my framework that continues to evolve that I use for coaching um, and speaking and things like that. But just um, one of those guides that will have the story, but also more importantly, give people the roadmap and equip them with the tools and the resources to better themselves and the various different aspects that they wish to do. 
Oh, I can't wait to read them. Because that's like what you always want. You want the story. Mm-hmm. You want to like hear the integration. Right? And how they did it. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the framework for yourself. That's brilliant. I it's cannot such wait. such a cool way. Yeah, we'll have to have you, you back on and talk about it. Yeah. Do you have a date of a release date yet? or Not yet. No, <laughs> it's such a process that takes a lot of resources. And so, yeah, not sure. We're, we're halfway through the editing process. And so trying to do my best. Yeah, I'll definitely keep everyone posted. Well, congratulations yes. already. We'll be your girls to help promote because we <laughs> love a good book. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I have so much respect for people that have written like educational books that have to cite things and all that. Like I'm just telling my stories. I don't need to cite things. I just can just reference things of different videos they can go watch or things like that. But just to do what we've done with just storytelling, it's it's quite a process. So people that have written books with, you know, having to cite studies or research or things like that, I can't imagine. So a lot of respect to anyone that's written any form of a book. Again, we will have you back on when it is released because we need everyone to know about it. We are so excited for you. And so let's leave our listeners with your three gold stars to wrap it up. Do you have your three gold stars, Josh? I think it'd be kind of repeating some of the things from earlier. Being at cause rather than being at effect, I think that's the number one. And then you know what we focus on expands, really understanding that concept and how it plays out in your life. And then all that leading into, you know, our reality is a manifestation of our choices. And so I think all three of those can go any direction you want with any aspect of your life that you want, um, but really gets at the root of um, becoming aware of who you are and the life you've created and where you want to take that life. Oh my gosh. Yes. And people, you know, if they haven't listened to the episode yet, they're going to see those three gold stars on Instagram and they're going to be like, I want to hear more about this, like which you beautifully went through in this episode. So thank you. I love all three of those so much. And next up is Unleashing Ivy. Ivy grows in hard places. You've had lots of experience with that. So these are your three surprise questions. I hate taking you back here because I know, like you said, like you're at this place now where you're pushing yourself up, up and up and trying not to think of these self-limiting beliefs, but we all have them. And I'm curious, what's your like most brutal self-limiting belief right now that you have to like consistently work through? Um, I'm not enough. I think that's, that's a one that's been uh, in the making for quite a bit of time that keeps revealing itself in various different ways so that I'm not enough living belief. That's a a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah. How do you see that? How do you see that show up? Like where, where do you see that that's still happening? So I used to see it a lot in terms of external education and learnings and just like trying to absorb everything because I was like, I'm, I don't know enough, you know, like people aren't going to take me for, you know, um, take me for real if I don't have these letters after my name and especially being a high school dropout and all this stuff. So um, that's where I used to see it. I still see that side of me emerge every now and then, but I'm aware of it now. So I'm like, oh, the old patterns are returning. And it was a good thing because I'm a growing and I can recognize them. So then I'm like, all right, well, let's let's not do that. <laughs> How do you show yourself proof that you are enough? Um, just by these conversations, having these conversations, you know, working with my clients and just finding different ways to interact with people and develop those conversations and relationships and just to continue to put myself out there and, you know, people gravitate towards it. And Yeah, you definitely don't sound like a high school dropout. You used a word earlier that was probably like 42 letters long. It was like <laughs> immunoneuro... Neuroimmune endocrinology. Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes. You're brilliant. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. My question you are always finding new things, new ways, immunoinocrinology, the word you just 
you just said. So I'm curious, what are you like most excited about that you're learning right now that's new to you? So that's trauma work. The book, The Body Keeps a Score, I think is a great foundation to that. And then I'm currently reading Dr. Gabor Mate's book, The Myth of Normal, but just trauma work and the central nervous system and how the central nervous system keeps hold of trauma that we can't recall, but the body always remembers. And the difference between remembering and recalling, because the a lot of our trauma trapped in the central nervous system comes from pre-verbal times, whether in utero as or as a, a baby or infant, whatever. So that's that's what I've been diving into. And then that also also goes and explores different levels of addiction and you know psychedelics and therapy and things like that. So you know that's where the whole neuro neuroimmune endocrinology concept comes from of just like trauma being trapped in our central nervous system. And although we can't recall, which is verbal, we, or our central nervous system remembers and it just gets stored in our body in various different forms, which, you know, for me is different than other people, of course, but that's, that's like what I've been, um, I guess I do dare say obsessed with learning mm-hmm. lately. Yeah. And, um, it's very empowering. It's also frustrating, but it's empowering. Cause then I'm like, Oh, here's a path that I can take. And, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, and uh, some resolution that can come from it. That yeah. research is so fascinating. Like, how are they figuring this out? Mm-hmm. Like, And here's my question with that, too, is you read a lot of books. Like, you've probably referenced a handful of books, and even offline, what we talk about, you know, you're constantly giving recommendations. How do you retain all this information? <laughs> That's something about active learning, mm-hmm. is when I read something, I have to reread it or I rewrite it. Essentially, I never really understood the um, proper way of taking notes. Uh, so I write notes, how it makes sense to me, but then just having conversations, mm-hmm. teaching other people, you know, anytime you're consuming something and then getting it out in written or verbal form or teaching it, you're reteaching it to yourself. So it just embeds it as well as, you know, the unconscious mind stores everything. So the more we can trust that as well as be active in our learning. And, you know, uh, people talk about active listening, but active learning, I think is just as if not more important than active listening. There's different modalities for that. And I find that writing and then speaking and then creating content and, you know, those types of things, it re um, embeds it and like reaffirms the learning. So that way I can, you know, bring it up later on and understand what I'm talking about. Cause a lot of things, you know, we get excited and we're like, I, I, I say this all the time. I'm like, I don't know how to regurgitate what I just consumed that I'm like really excited about because it, it made sense. <laughs> yeah. But like, I just give me some time. Let me go through it again and again and like take notes. And so I think it's just a really comes down to like being active with your learning in the different forms that make sense. But also I reread things a lot and I look up YouTube videos, listen to podcasts from the authors. So I'm really active in my learning experience and that's just what works for me. So I think it just comes down to like understanding what works for you and trying different things and just taking note of what works. But I think generally speaking, active learning is um, at the core of it. Yeah, yeah. We curated a business through that. <laughs> we're yeah. like, we're listening to the podcast. We're reading the books. Why don't we share it? So we both journal about it and write about what we're learning. We share mm-hmm. it on TikTok. We talk about it on the podcast. So a lot of times off air breakfast saying like, sometimes I feel like I, I'm saying these things, but I don't know if it sounds right. I'm like, that was beautiful. Yeah, I just we learned just talking about I that. just learned so much from what you just said. And so, and then we show people how we implement these things. And so storytelling, that's another way. Cause everyone, musicians say this a lot, like people interpret music in their own way that maybe the musician or the artist didn't mean for it because they were talking about their life experiences 
but people will internalize it in their own way and then bring a new meaning to the table. And, you know, the artists will be like, oh, like I never saw that. I mean, I've done that with my talks before. I asked people like, what was your main takeaway? And there was an event before the pandemic where three people shared the same takeaway as each other that I'd never even realized about my own life. And I was like, okay, that, I mean, that makes sense. I just never saw that. What was it? So I asked them and they were like, yeah, I think um, my main takeaway was like not going after your dreams could kill you. Cause I was talking, you know, part of my story is, you know, pursuing BMX, hitting my head that thankfully, you know, saved my life. And I was like, damn, <laughs> three of you just said that. And I've never heard that nor seen that. But now that you say that, that makes sense looking back. And now I can, you know, use that information moving forward in a different storytelling form. So I think it's active learning, which storytelling is a part of that, but you know, you learn something and then you can attach a different experience you've gone through and a sense of sharing a story with that learning embedded it. I think that's what, you know, as human beings, we try to make things, we don't try, we just make things super complex, you know, they're pretty simple. And so when you can tell a story that gets to the root of the point you're making with whatever information you just learned, that's going to come across better to the other person that doesn't really know what you're talking about. But because you attached an experience in a storytelling manner, they're like, oh, that makes sense. And then they'll internalize it themselves in their own way. And then the material will, you know, be shared but they don't know the specificity in the complex, you know, topic per se, but the story, they're like, I can relate to that. I mean, that's what Simon Sinek's work is about the golden circle of like, why and starting with your why, why that's so important with a storytelling element of like, you know, our mammalian brain, our reptile brain and our emotions, limbic system and how all that just like internalizes and like a story makes sense. We've been doing that for centuries, but to like regurgitate the technical lingo that many people aren't even gonna understand that was a limiting belief I had of like not being good enough or not being enough. And I was like, no, I can simplify this. And I have a client who's a therapist and I, you know, shared the other day with them that, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful by simplifying this thing, but like what I'm talking about comes from the psychology world. And they said like, no, like, thank you. Because that's, you know, I think a problem with a lot of this information, it's just so difficult to understand that when you can re- invent not like re-engineer of the process or simplify things with storytelling and things like that people can actually understand it and comprehend it and then you know make use of it what they will in a productive manner so active learning and storytelling those are great ways to reaffirm and re-embed the learnings ourselves yeah and you never know who's going to resonate with your story which i think is why it's so important to share your story because it is going to reach the people who need to hear it, who, yes, you may know the same thing as, you know, someone else, but they may not relate to that person, but they relate to you and your message and your experience. And that's something that I've really had to get confident with is I am me and that's what makes me different. And I do have a story to tell and that's what makes it um, digestible, like you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All right. Last question. All right, Josh, what is one thing you wish you would have known sooner? Uh, nothing, because where I am today could be different. Although intrigued and curious of where I could be, that'd be different. I wouldn't want to change that because I don't know what could be better or worse. Beautiful. That's my favorite answer. <laughs> Whenever people say it, I'm like, I knew you were going to say that. But it takes doing a lot of internal work <laughs> yes. to get there. You always know people that have been like had a lot of reflection to get to that point where you just know. Where I am is where I'm meant to be. And to be clear, there are times where I'm like, damn, if I had known this, that would have changed that whole path. And I entertain those. I'm human. But, you know, coming back and being present in the moment, it's, you know, it, my ego wants 
to say, oh yeah, like I would love to have changed all this, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'd be here where I am today. And that's part of attachment and the ego and the brain and being human. But I'm like, I love my fiance. I love my life. I'm alive. Like, you know, I, I don't wish anything would be different because I don't know what could be different on the other end or if I even be here right now. So yeah, there is a lot of work that goes into that. Cause I mean, 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, I wish this and that, but I think it's like the, the movie, the butterfly effect, <laughs> like, just like you change one little thing. What about all this, the rest that's going to follow suit after? So those what ifs, those are what drive you crazy and add to the stress, which we don't need. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And the last thing we do is we leave our listeners with a piece of gold, a quote that speaks to you. If I were, if I were to share something, it's just, you know, I think most importantly, it's just become aware of who you are, what you're thinking, what you're doing, and if it's serving you or not. And just ask yourself, what would it take to change? What would it take to change this, that, or myself, most importantly, and really understand that your inner world is just mirrored back to you in the external reality. And it's not going to change overnight, but it, the more intention and conscious repetition you put into things, the higher probability that you'll get to your ideal outcome sooner than later. And there's a lot of positive experiences that come from doing that, pursuing that path. And you may learn a couple of things along the way about yourself. You may find some new interests and some new passions. And that's kind of how it worked out for me or not kind of, it's exactly how it worked out for me. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold. Gold.